The earth shook for days, the fires burned for weeks, and when the ash had settled, less than 10,000 of your kind still lived, and far fewer of ours. But we carried on, together, to rebuild, to renew. Hello, and welcome to Visions of the Past, an Assassin's Creed lore podcast. My name is Andrew, and I'm glad to see that you have found this podcast. Today, we're going to talk about what Jupiter was talking about in that opening quote, the Great Catastrophe. Before we get into what the Great Catastrophe was, we first need to know where the information on it came from. We never see the event outright, but the information that we do have on it came from the Essential Guide, Assassin's Creed Initiates, Assassin's Creed II, and Assassin's Creed Revelations, with the solutions to it being talked about in Assassin's Creed III and Assassin's Creed IV, Black Flag. The first thing we should talk about with the Great Catastrophe is exactly what it was. Going by a number of names, including the First Disaster, the Toba Disaster, the Toba Catastrophe, and the First Catastrophe. The Great Catastrophe was a coronal mass ejection that dated back to 75,000 BC. This mass ejection ended up flipping the polarity of the Earth's magnetic field and exposing the planet to the sun's radiation. Earth burned for weeks afterwards, and along with the earthquakes, ravaged what remained. When everything subsided, the surface of the Earth was rendered barren, and less than 10,000 humans and quote-unquote far fewer members of the Isu had survived. It's interesting that this happened at all with how advanced the Isu were. We have seen them create artifacts that can heal wounds almost instantly and control human minds. So how is it that this coronal mass ejection even came close to affecting the Earth? Why is it they didn't have a way or find a way to stop it? Well, when this catastrophe hit, the Isu were embroiled in a war with humanity. This war had been raging for 10 years after Adam and Eve escaped from the city of Eden with an apple of Eden with the intention to free humanity from the slavery of the Isu. The humans vastly outnumbered them, causing most of the Isu to focus on the war. There were a few, though, that did end up focusing on the coronal mass ejection when it was realized to be an inevitability. The most notable were the Capitoline Triad of Juno, Jupiter, and Minerva. The three, along with Juno's husband, Aita, moved into the Grand Temple, where all the information from the other Isu temples were being sent about ways on how to stop the solar flare from before the war had even began. The Isu scientists were determined to suppress the solar flare, but if they couldn't, they wanted to at least protect the future generations from the prediction that this catastrophe would happen again. They would test six separate solutions to this problem. The first was to build four towers to siphon the solar flare and dispel it. While the Isu had the means and the resources to accomplish this, the time that it was expected to take, they did not have. The first tower was never finished before the flare hit, even though other Isu were able to automate the building process. The second solution was to enhance the rings of Eden, pieces of Eden that emitted a personal force field meant to repel metal. The idea was that if they could take the principle behind the technology to create a magnetic force field around the entire planet, that it would be protected. The result was on a scale that proved too large to construct and would have been infeasible. Even when they started to reduce the capacity of the force field, they realized that it would have been too costly to even save one city with it. The third was discovered while using an apple of Eden on humans. 
If enough of them were told to believe an idea, it would take form in reality. So the idea behind the third solution was to launch an apple of Eden into orbit and aim it at the planet and command all the humans to think, make us safe. This thought, in theory, would take form to protect the Earth. The problem was actually being able to aim the apple in the right direction and then to convey the proper message. They would attempt to do this multiple times with each result being just as difficult than the last, leading to the solution's abandonment. After finding it difficult to redirect or protect against the flare, they would try to find a way to go back in time, but this would prove to be difficult, so they would start to look forward to see if they would be able to succeed, though the answer was always no. This would then be abandoned. After the first four solutions, they were found to be either too dangerous or too time consuming or cost too much. The scientists decided to focus on matters of the body. This would lead to the fifth solution, where they would try to enhance the physical aspects of the Isu. If they could transform their bodies into something that could withstand the hostile environment, they could survive. Juno's husband, Aida, volunteered to test the method, and within an instant, his mind degenerated and he became catatonic. He was able to gather enough will, though, to ask Juno to euthanize him, which she would eventually end up doing. After this failed test, the solution would be abandoned. After the failure of the fifth solution, the final tested solution would see if they could create a new housing for the consciousness, for if the body died, so would the mind. But if the mind could be stored and then put in a new body, they could survive. They would find that it would be easy to remove the mind from one's body for storage, but to remove the mind from that storage would require something more than to enter, and something that some deemed wrong, leading to this solution being abandoned. When everyone had moved on from seeing into the future, Minerva would continue, and even though she found that they would fail, she also found that it would happen again. This would cause her to set out to save those who it would affect in the future. Using the eye to enter the nexus, Minerva would calculate and view possible futures and determine their probability. This would lead to the building of the global Aurora Borealis device, but when it was found that Juno had hatched a plot to enslave the world, Minerva and Jupiter sealed her within the Grand Temple. But with time, Juno would find a way to link the activation of the pedestal of the device to releasing her from her imprisonment, causing Minerva to allow the world to face the catastrophe instead of using the device and releasing Juno. In the aftermath of the Great Catastrophe, both the human and Isu population would be greatly diminished, but they would work together to rebuild the world. As they walked the world for centuries after the catastrophe, the Isu would be seen as gods by the humans, though eventually they would all pass from this world. During this time, Minerva would build another eye and would use part of that eye that would in the future be known as the Antikytheria mechanism to leave messages about the second catastrophe and how to stop it, believing that with enough time, the humans would be able to not only stop the second solar flare, but Juno herself. She would see in one of her calculations that this would not be the case as the war between the Assassins and the Templars kept them from focusing on what was going to happen. She would then contact Desmond in an attempt to keep him from using the pedestal and releasing Juno, but in the process, allowing the world to burn. Desmond would refuse, allowing himself to die but in the process, save the world and release Juno from the Grand Temple. I find it interesting that the great catastrophe that ended up resulting in the extinction of the Isu was also known as the Toba Catastrophe because historically, that incident wasn't a solar flare, 
but a supervolcanic eruption that took place in what is now Lake Toba in North Sumatra, Indonesia, and is one of the Earth's largest known eruptions. It is known as a catastrophe because of the theory that the eruption caused a global winter that lasted six to ten years and then had a thousand-year cooling period that would have caused a reduction in the human population to somewhere between 3,000 and 10,000 individuals and is supported by some genetic evidence that suggests today's humans are descended from a very small population of between 1,000 and 10,000 breeding pairs that existed about 70,000 years ago. I enjoy this event in Assassin's Creed history not because it led to the extinction of the Isu or the drastic drop in the human population, but because of what it represents. Something within human history that is known to have happened, but was changed to where it could be plausible within this universe. Prehistoric events and conspiracy theories are the best for these kind of stories, and it really leads into the idea that history is written by the victors, and what we learn might be lies to show people or events in a better light than what had really happened. And while we don't know definitively if the supervolcanic eruption led to a volcanic winter, as some theories dispute it, it does work perfectly in this context to end the Isu era and to give rise to the era of humanity. Thank you for joining me today. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you have any questions about Assassin's Creed or topics that you would like me to cover, please feel free to hit me up on Twitter at visions underscore AC, a link to which will be in the description of this podcast. Until next time, my Assassin friends, make sure to follow the creed. And to those Templars listening, may the Father of Understanding guide you.